Do ghosts keep humans as pets? It's a bizarre sentence I never thought I'd say. And then we travel to Pennsylvania to meet a teenage boy who has to help set up a computer for a bunch of old people. Now, that's not the most horrific part of the story, but that does sound pretty rough. After he's all done setting up the computer and giving the elderly a tutorial on how to use it, he's packing up and getting ready to leave. And then the insectoid showed up. Today on Dead Rabbit Radio. Welcome back to another episode of Dead Rabbit Radio. I'm your host, Jason Garminer. I'm having a good day. I hope you guys are... I'm having a great day, actually. I hope you guys are having a great day, too. I hope you guys had lots of fun over the weekend. We got a ton of stuff to cover, so we're going to get started right away. First off, walking into Dead Rabbit Command. Everyone give it up for one of our newest Patreon supporters. Round of applause. Get those hands ready to clap for Brian Hernandez. Woohoo! yeah! Walk on in! Yay! Walking, coming in on a slide, apparently. Wee! Sliding on into Dead Rabbit Command. Brian, you're going to be our captain, our pilot this episode. If you guys can't support the Patreon, I said it a thousand times. I mean it each time. That's okay. Just help spread the word about Dead Rabbit Radio. That helps out so much. Now, Brian, I want you to go ahead and break out the hair hang glider. We're going to jump off the highest point of Dead Rabbit Command, and we're going to glide all the way out to... Warning! Warning! Warning. Lights, red lights are like flashing in your eyes. I have a flashlight right in your eyes. I'm going, warning, warning. You're like, ah. Brian Hernandez is like, ah. Everyone's kind of flipping out. This is a breaking story. This is nuts. I actually wasn't going to cover this because it's so, it's been covered so much. But I just woke up from a nap. It's right now, I'm recording this on Saturday. It's like 3.30. I'm, I'm a baby. I take naps. I take naps all the time. I, I You know, that whole... UFO thing going on over Alaska. First, we have the balloon from China come over, and then that got blown up. And then the next day, uh, I saw all these reports that the U.S. military blew up another thing coming over Canada. Now, the first thing, everyone was looking up with their binoculars. or We're just looking at photographs online, for the most part. China sent a weather balloon or a spy balloon. It really depends on who you believe. Um, it was a spy balloon. I guess even the, the Chinese are like, yeah, yeah, we knew it was a spy balloon. We were just spying on your weather is all. Uh, they sent that over. It got shot down. And then the next day or Friday, a what was being reported in the media was an object about the size of a car was flying at about 40,000 feet in the air, which is dangerous for air traffic. So a jet flew up there blew it up pilot probably flew through the debris to be extra cool um they blew it up and i saw this pop up in the news and then it immediately began popping up in all the ufo circles what the government just admitted they shot down a ufo i was like yeah because they, they don't know what it was yet they shot it down i don't think i don't think it was from alpha centauri it did blow up pretty quickly guys Remember, we have like 70 years of pilots chasing these things, disappearing before they can get a lock on them. 
70 years of these things being bulletproof and these evasive maneuvers. And, no, and then so when they blew up something over Alaska, I go, guys, this is clearly not... I'm talking to my computer. I didn't, didn't post any of this stuff. Just reading these articles and I'm shaking my computer. I'm like, guys, it's not an alien spacecraft. If it is an alien spacecraft, we literally have nothing to worry about. They they seem to blow up when you shoot them. I don't care. Like, I don't want aliens to invade Earth, but if they're going to invade Earth and their vehicles suck, then that's totally fine. I'm totally fine with that. It would be like a totally short war. But, I mean, like, I'm afraid they're going to come down and they're going to overwhelm us with technological superiority. It would be hilarious if they've somehow managed, aliens have somehow managed to be able to travel the cosmos in the blink of an eye. But they, they have no shields. Nothing is protected. Like you could literally walk up and punch a UFO and the whole thing explodes. And that's another thing. We've had people punch UFOs. We've had people attack them with tools. And they're they're impervious. That, that was the scary part. If they were just, if aliens were coming down and their stuff sucked, then there then no one would care. I mean, I guess we would care. Like scientists would be like, there's like people from another planet, dude. That's pretty dope. Yeah, but how strong are they? Can I be- can I beat them up? Oh, uh, they're lame. So I saw that, and I was like, I was all over the UFO community, and they're like, oh, they finally admitted they shot down a UFO. They finally admitted it, and I was like, well, that that's kind of kind of suspicious too, because they've been denying that these things have existed for so long. They've denied that Roswell was even an event, and now they're just now they're just telling us when they blow them out of the sky. But at the end of the day, we didn't know what it was. We shot it down. It was all over the news. It was all over the conspiracy theory world. It was all over the UFO world. It was all over the Patreon Discord. We were talking about it there. So I go, well, you probably won't cover it. Because we've already had a lot of coverage about the Chinese balloon. It's been all over the news. We've had a ton of coverage now about this second thing. So I wake up from my baby nap on, what is it, February 11th. And I'm getting ready to record this episode you're listening to right now. And I check my phone. I check my phone right when I wake up. Uh, Not for lost calls, but to read the news. I'm a news guy. Some people would say it's an information addiction. I wake up and I check my phone and I go to the news. And around 3 p.m., another thing, another unknown vehicle has been shot down coming over. Alaska, the near Alaska, this time, I didn't know this was a thing. Prime Minister Justin Trudeau gave the order for a U.S. jet to shoot this down. They might, that, I guess, that's weird. I didn't know that was possible. All of a sudden, you have the Queen of England being like, attack, Yankees, attack. I don't think you can do that. So I maybe I read the article wrong. <laughs> to be honest, either international relations is not what it used to be, or I read the article wrong because I just woke up from a nap. But anyways, maybe he gave them permission. Maybe he ordered them. The point is, is that another U.S. fighter jet just today, just while while I was napping, shot down an other object coming over. Alaska, and the reason why they keep, it's so funny because I was like, oh, that's interesting. This is going to make me sound like the dumbest guy on the planet. But I go, I'm watching this stuff and I was like, oh, wow, China launched that balloon. This was during that thing. I was like, China launched the balloon and it's coming over Alaska. That's weird. I thought it would have, like, I don't know, come over California first. Because, you know, (laughs) the way a map works. And I get that the world's a globe. 
But they've on shown on this. Um, I was watching this. I read a bunch about the balloon. It was it was quite interesting, and you couldn't avoid it. It was everywhere. But they were showing the flight plan, and because the world is a globe, it floats over the top of the planet. I was like, oh, I guess that makes sense. I guess it would be like by boat, it would be quicker to go through the Pacific Ocean. You don't have to worry about like ice or nothing. You're just like full steam ahead. But if you didn't have to worry about ice, you're just sending a balloon over. It would like float over the Arctic area. Whatever. So I thought that was interesting. <laughs> that was a little geography lesson for me. Good thing I'm not in charge of like nukes or like fighter bases. I'm like, sir, China's way too far away. <laughs> They'll never attack us. And they're like, look at a globe, you moron. They're like super, super close. Anyways, we've shot down this third thing. This third thing has been shot down and they are going, we don't know what it is. So now it's interesting. I mean, it was interesting the whole time, but I debated whether or not he's even going to cover it. it. It's getting weird. Do I think they're from outer space? No. Um, but it's definitely something. I mean, obviously it's something they're blowing up. It's not a conspiracy. They're there. It's just weird what they are, but I wanted to make sure I covered it. And then I thought, if LJ is at this point, if you don't cover it, people, people are just going to think you're a CIA asset. There's actual like flying saucers hovering outside your house right now. It's like, nope, everything's totally fine. Watch the television. Just watch the television. Uh, yeah, at a certain point, at a certain point, you do have to say, "Hey, we've shot down two UFOs in two days." Uh, hey, paranormal podcast, you may want to address it. You may want to. Not look like you're funded by the government. Okay, let's go ahead. It's funny I say get started. That almost was its own segment. Brian got that hair hang glider already. He's slowly regaining his vision. Let's grab onto his shoes and hold on tight. Brian, jump off the highest point of Dead Rabbit Command and glide us all the way out to a little girl's bedroom. <sighs> We sneak in, got our sneakers on so we're extra quiet, and we're sneaking into this little girl's bedroom. This is an anonymous story. She didn't post her name. We're going to go ahead and call her Molly. And Molly is fast asleep. Shh. We're sneaking into this room. Molly is nine years old, and she shares this bedroom with her 12-year-old sister. Now, the way she described it, she goes, let me describe the room to you. So this story will make more sense. I don't understand it. Had a hard time figuring this out, how it is set up. She says, we had two beds, right? You had my 12-year-old sister, who I shared the room with. Her bed was against one side of the wall. And then my bed was against the other side of the wall. (laughs) This sounds like a riddle. (laughs) This sounds like a riddle. The sister's bed was against one side of the wall. My bed was against the other side of the wall, but we shared a room. I don't get it. I don't, I imagine, I can't, I can't even picture it. I was like all puzzled as this paranormal story's happening. And I'm like, but where were the beds? Maybe you guys can picture it easier. That's how it's laid out. And between the beds, this is another detail you totally got a picture in your head. You're like, I got it. Now I'm going to add this. You're like, ah. Molly's bed is against one side of the wall. The sister's bed. And we we talk about like the head part. Spending way too much time talking about how these stupid beds are set up. But anyways, 
Molly's headboard is against one side of the wall. The sister's headboard is against the other side of the wall. And in between the two of them, there is a window on the wall. <laughs> I don't understand. I don't get it. But anyways, this is not this is not a brain teaser. This is not what's the most paranormal part of the story. It was posted online by a girl going by the name of Major Air 4089. It's it's definitely a really weird one. We have bedrooms nonwithstanding. One night, Molly wakes up, and she sees a dark figure of a woman standing in the bedroom. She's looking right at this woman, and she doesn't recognize her. It's not the mom. It's not another relative. It's nothing like that. She knows that this person is an interloper. She, she describes this figure as having medium-length hair, a tank top, and a skirt. And... Probably the most important detail of all of that. You're like, wow, okay. Tank top and a skirt. Got it, Jason. She had no legs. This apparition was just floating there. Molly throws her pillow over her head, and she's it's that just that childlike reaction, right? If I can't see it, maybe it can't hurt me. It's not not effective. And about a minute passes. Molly is hiding for a good period of time and when she slowly moves the pillow off of her face the woman is still standing in the exact same position so it's not a trick of the light at this point it's not your imagination enough time has passed that uh, so i should be scared right now i should i've done the hiding part now it's time to do the screaming part Molly begins to scream, and she starts kicking the wall. I don't know how. I don't know how this bedroom is set up. She's Mr. Fantastic. Her legs are all... Anyways. She's kicking this wall, and Dad comes in. It's Dad time, and he's like, what in the world is going on? And Molly's like, I saw it. I saw it. The woman with no legs. And he can't calm Molly down. And so he goes, tell you what, I will sleep in this bedroom with your older sister. You go sleep with mom. Go to sleep. So Molly does. She walks on down to the bedroom, crawls into bed with mom. Molly said when she did crawl into bed with her mom, she did fall back asleep. But then she wakes up. It's still the middle of the night. And there, standing next to the bed, next to Molly, she's on Molly's side, Molly sees the floating woman. Tank top, skirt, no legs. This woman is now floating right on Molly's side of the bed, right next to Molly. And at this point, Molly then, like she said, I did this little jumpy, like I'm laying down and I felt my body kind of jump towards my mom. Like I'm like, like a startled scoot to kind of cower next to my mother. And when I moved, I saw myself wearing the exact same clothes that I was wearing to bed. She sees herself sitting on the bed, wearing the same clothes, but smaller. Not the clothes. 
Now the clothes is all super tight. She's like, oh, I can't move my arms to spook people. No, it was a smaller version of Molly sitting on the bed next to the floating woman. It's a super interesting story. You know, when I read this, we cover a lot of stuff on the show that you can't categorize. And this falls into that category. On the one hand, you think it's a ghost, right? A floating apparition in a dark room. Very ghost-like. But when you see yourself outside of your body, especially while you're sleeping, some may call it dreaming. Um, But, you know, you're right. A lot of this could be dreaming. But in the world of paranormal, you connect it to astral travel, right? Astral projection, you're leaving your body. So, but again, like even then, even accounts of astral projection, most of the time it's from the point of view of the soul floating out of your body. People will say, I woke up in the middle of the night and I found myself floating outside my body and there was like a silver tether leading from me back into my body. Not everyone sees the tether, but you have that idea. It's the soul looking down at the sleeping you. I... I'm sure I've come across it, but off the top of my head, I can't think of a story where someone woke up and they saw their soul floating around. I'm not saying that it's never happened. And we may even cover something like that on the show, but it just nothing pops out of the top of my mind. What I really haven't seen before, again, I could be wrong. We could have covered this or I, there, it could be. It's not common. Whatever way you want to put it, you seeing your soul outside the body is far less common than the soul floating outside the body. And the soul looking different, I can't think of another time that we've covered that or that I've even read about that, where the soul is actually a different size. And so, you know, this actually kind of goes, this is one of the things I'm going to be talking about at the Oregon Ghost Conference on March 24th in Seaside, Oregon. I actually didn't plan on doing this pitch, but we're going to be talking about how the soul may look different than the body. I think a lot of people agree with that, but does that change how you'll haunt as a ghost? So I'll put information in the show notes about that. I'm giving a presentation at the Oregon Ghost Conference on March 24th, 2023. But, you know, I I talk about that theoretically in that uh, presentation I'll be giving, but I to see your soul looking outside of your body, like, again, this is totally uncategorizable. Now, obviously, the story could be made up. That could be why it just doesn't fit any pattern. All of these stories could be made up. I think most of them are not. I'd say a good chunk of them are not. Is it ghost? Is it astral projection? Um, with the smaller version of herself. And then really where it it really opens up a whole can of worms. Where does that Venn diagram exist? I would say ghosts and astral projection, they're two different phenomenon, but they're closer than say ghosts and aliens. And I think, you know what I mean? Like there are connections between these things and it would be what, listen, it would be interesting if she woke up and she recognized this, like, let's say it was her great aunt that she always went over to her house every Sunday to have Mickey Mouse pancakes. And the great aunt passed away three months ago. And then one day she woke up and the great aunt was floating around in the room and a tiny version of her was sitting next to her. So that would make sense. That fictional, the totally fictional thing I just made up would make sense. And you could classify it. 
But she doesn't recognize the woman. It's not supposed to be there. It's a ghost or a spirit of some sort. Then, and as far as I can tell, she's never seen this thing again. She hasn't talked anymore about seeing this phantom. It was like a one-time thing. It happened when she was nine. It happened years and years ago. Then she sees a tinier version of herself with this ghost or whatever it was that has now followed her into another room. Is it ghost? Is it astral projection? If it's astral projection, what's the ghost doing with the tiny Molly? Fascinating story. So many questions. I said in the beginning, do ghosts keep humans as pets? Because I imagine little Molly. Little Molly is a little pet of this ghost. How terrifying would it... I mean, it's already bad enough that there are demons out there trying to steal your soul. But if we also have to just be aware of the regular old ghost, I guess that's another thing. It could have been demonic. But again, it's not like she was like, we had a lot of poltergeist activity in this house. It was just like a one-off thing, which again makes it bizarre. That's why I love covering the obscure stuff on this show. Because this is just so weird, even for people like us, people who love the world of the paranormal have been studying it. Maybe this is your first year of being interested in the paranormal. Maybe, like me, you've been doing it for decades. You can still find weird stuff like this. What is the story about? Absolutely fascinating story. <laughs> I don't have any answers for it. What was it? Who knows? Crazy, crazy story. Brian, let's go ahead and toss you the keys to the carboner copter. We were saying goodbye to Molly, the demon's all eating her soul. Aww. We're like, I don't know what it is. So we're just going to leave. Brian, go ahead and get the carboner copter started. We are leaving behind this little girl's room. Fly us all the way out to... You know what? Actually, we don't have time for the insectoid story that I mentioned in the intro. We're going to do a quick audible. That's a term, right? To change. Doesn't audible mean to like change stuff? I also know it means like in football, right? You call an audible and that means we're going to change everything. I don't know. I don't know. But anyways, we're pulling an audible. Super Bowl, Super Bowl related. We're pulling an audible. Brian, stay away from, stay away from that fascinating insectoid story. We'll save that for another day. Fly us all the way out to Crystal City, Missouri. We're headed out to Crystal City, Missouri. We are about to check out. <laughs> You're like, Jason, seriously? I've been waiting this whole time for insectoids. <laughs> I was waiting this whole time for a teenage boy setting up an old person's computer and then an insectoid to show up. <laughs> and now we're headed to the very last Kmart in the state of Missouri. <laughs> That's just. <laughs> That's just as cool. Come on, guys. I can tell this story in 10, 15 minutes. I couldn't tell the other story in that amount of time. All that UAP talk, UFO Alaska stuff, cut down on the time. But anyways, the last Kmart. I'm like, come on, kids. Isn't this just as cool as Disneyland? We're standing in the parking lot of the very last Kmart in Missouri. Now, it's not even that. It's not even that anymore. They ended up shutting it down in 2018. So now we're standing just in pretty much an abandoned parking lot. I'm like, there, kids. There once stood the very last Kmart in Missouri. The reason why we're here, I was on the Shadowlands.net looking up ghost stories, looking up some really cool stuff, and I came across this odd entry for the Crystal City Kmart. 
They said over the years, uh, a lot of stuff, a lot of, if you can imagine this, put on your conspiracy cap, a lot of bad stuff has happened in this Kmart parking lot, including murders, kidnappings, shootings. And what people have said is they go, the parking lot, the, the parking lot in particular is the haunted part. When this Kmart still existed, they said sometimes late at night when you were, <laughs> when you were out in the parking lot of a Kmart, Get ready to suspend disbelief. Sometimes late at night when you're out in the parking lot of a Kmart, you'll hear gunshots. You'll hear people firing guns. Phantom gunshots, though. You can never tell where it was coming from. Every so often you'd hear a screaming girl in the distance. I mean, these are basically things that just happen at any Kmart, right? I'm reading this and I was like, screaming people in the distance. They said that when you're sitting in your car in the parking lot, uh, uh, headlights may blind you. I was like, this is... Every single, every single Kmart parking lot ever. Gunfire, screaming, headlights. But I was laughing when I was reading this. I go, really? You're scraping the bottom of the bucket when you're putting this into a haunted database like the Shadowlands.net, which is where I found it at. And I continued to look because I was having a ball at this point making fun of Kmart. I started looking around, and sure enough, there were other haunted sightings in the Kmart. A boy ghost and a girl ghost. The boy ghost would play with a ball. Ball would be rolling through the store, and you would just hear the girl laughing. And it's crazy to think that, you know, the Kmart shut down now. Do those spirits still linger there? Was there a period of time, or maybe even today, that the building is just dilapidated? It's fallen apart, fixtures have collapsed, and it's in perpetual darkness, and there's still a little boy rolling a ball down the aisle. But as I continue to look into this, I, I keep seeing these reports saying, you know, there's all this bad stuff that happened in this Kmart parking lot, and that's why we think it's haunted. People have been shot here. And then they said, and then a Diana Jane Braungart was kidnapped. And I thought, okay, this is interestingly specific. Who is this person? Is this a true story? In 1987, this was a venture store. I guess it was another chain of stores, but this was before it was a Kmart. And there was a young high school senior working there named Diana Jane Braungart. She was 18 years old, and it was her shift on March 11th, 1987. She had a test the next day. So she's like, hey guys, I'm done with my shift. I'm going to go home. I'm going to stay for that test. I really, really hope that I pass it. That happened at 10 p.m. By 10.30 in the nearby town of Festus, which is disgusting. (laughs) I don't care if that's named after the founder of your city. Festus, Missouri. It's a couple minutes away. That's where Diana lived with her parents. It's 10.30 p.m. They know she got off at 10, and Diana is so punctual. It's only a half hour since she left her work that her parents begin searching for her. Her mom is making phone calls to all of her friends. That's how punctual she is. It's interesting to note everyone should be like that, not just because it personally annoys me when people are late, but... In case you go missing, in case you go missing, if you're one of those people that can be three hours late and people go, oh, that's good old Andy, 
If you ever get kidnapped, you're going to be tied up in the backseat of a car and they're going to be hitting you with crowbars and they have a clock set right there. And you go, oh my God, people aren't even going to start looking for me until three hours of crowbar related injuries. And it's only one minute is past. You're like, oh, it's going to be a long afternoon. She was so punctual, they began searching for her right away. The dad is driving all over town looking for her. The mom's calling up all of her friends. When the dad swings by the Kmart, they see her car sitting there. Police are called pretty much the next day. The parents are still holding out hope. Investigation starts, and the police believe she never made it to her car. The police believe that at some point, walking across this Kmart parking lot, she was snatched up. And to this day, Diana has never been seen again. Both of her parents passed away. I think her dad died in 2015 and her mom died in 2017, which, you know, absolutely tragic, right? You never know what happened to your daughter. You die not knowing. Her brother has continued kind of bringing attention to the case, but Diana has never been found. And that's a true missing person story. It's When I was reading it, because I found it after researching ghost stuff, I go, what if a ghost got her? What if a ghost snatched her out of this uh, Kmart parking lot? Uh, the police, the police do not do not appreciate that story. Um, if you call them up, if you call up the Crystal City Police Department and tell them you think it was a ghost, they will hang up on you. I, I didn't actually do that, but they actually talked to. There was a couple witnesses, and the employees of the store said, "Yeah, there was this guy who was kind of hanging around longer than his transaction." We thought that was a little weird. And then a woman changing a baby's diaper in the parking lot around a little bit after 10 p.m. said she saw that girl, because eventually the missing person posters went up. She saw that girl talking to a man, but she didn't think anything of it, right? You just see two people talking in the parking lot. And and police believe it's that man um, for two reasons. One, they did a police sketch, and both the people described the same man, the employees of the store, and the woman changing the poopy diaper. And that man is also responsible for the kidnapping and murders. The kidnapping and murder of at least one woman he was found guilty of. Two other women have gone missing. Not including Diana. That have been linked to this guy. His name. I, it's interesting how to dig his name up. Because a lot of people weren't reporting his name. Because he was just a suspect. Even though he was in prison. His name is Marvin Cheney. But even that break in the case didn't come till 2007. Nobody knows where Diana is at. She's probably dead. And the reason why I wanted to tell that story, not just to bum you out for a Monday, I normally don't do true crime stuff on Monday. The reason why I wanted to tell you that story is that so we do have a historical connection to... Listen, man, if a woman went missing in your Kmart parking lot... You should be hyper aware, not just because of you're afraid of a spooky ghost getting you or headlights, phantom headlights blinding you, but because a woman got abducted in your parking lot. The The other person that he, this Marvin guy, was him and his brother, the other person that they got convicted of raping and murdering was a woman working at like a convenience store. And she called her son up and said, hey, there's some sketchy guys standing outside the convenience store. And the son got in his car and got there about 10 minutes later and she was gone. That's who they got convicted of. So this seemed to be their M.O., picking 
clerks of outside of stores. So, I mean, you should be hyper aware. You should be in fear at all times. No, not that, but you should be aware, especially if there was a kidnapping in that area. But I wanted to, to talk about it like this. We're going to wrap this episode up like this. This wasn't just a true crime story with a little bit of ghost parking lot stuff. I wonder how, we've talked about this before on the show, the Hood River Walmart is haunted, where I live, Hood River. I know that Walmart's haunted. We've talked about haunted uh, retail stores a couple times on this show. Is it possible that a retail establishment is the perfect place to haunt? It does seem that there needs to be some sort of energy that the spirit can call upon. Like an orphanage, a school, a playhouse, a theater, those type of places tend to have a lot of ghosts. It could be because people are telling spooky stories to each other, but it could also be that there's so much emotional, raw emotional energy being generated in a high school, in a theater, that would cause this. Not just that as someone fell off the balcony and broke their neck. I mean, that helps. That helps for the ghost. But think about what happens on a daily basis in a store like a Walmart or a Kmart. Every day this happens. You have... People walking in to go buy cards for their loved ones who are sick or suffering or who just had experienced the deep loss. And they're walking right past people also going to the stationary department to buy cards for a new baby being born. Or birthday. You're having all of this positive and negative energy just flowing through the store. You have... Children getting toys for their birthday. You have people in the pharmacy getting medicine for the sick. People piling out of a car to go grab snacks and drinks for a road trip they've looked forward to for months. As another person trudges past them to the automotive department because they have to replace the passenger side taillight for the fourth time this year. They are basically machines of just generating raw energy, positive and negative. That's not even, we're not even talking about the employees, right? The employees that love their job, the employees that stand back and look at their department and go, man, I really like the way my department looks. Sales are good. The customers are happy. I love working here. And then the people who just would rather be anywhere else. Like literally anywhere else. The only reason they're there is because they have to work and this is the place that would hire them. Or this is the place that was closest to them. Just right. You couldn't have like a small country store, like a little convenience store. You wouldn't have this level of energy. You don't have enough people coming in and... You don't have the variety of energy, right? People stop at a gas station, get a couple snacks, fill the gas up, buy a lottery ticket. You'll still get energy generated in there. But these huge retail establishments, these big box stores are just generating so much of it. So you wonder, like, over time, will we see more haunted retail establishments? There are more than a few now. But since they've basically replaced the town square of America, since these are the places where people interact with each other on grand scales outside of like local firework displays or parades, 
Will the future ghost stories be told not in the haunted graveyards or on the outskirts of town where nobody goes anymore, but the retail stores, the big box stores? Will, over the decades, these become the known haunted spots? They're not as awesome to look at as a spooky graveyard at 3 a.m. on the edge of town as the mist rolls in, but the ghosts are going to manifest where the ghosts can manifest. And we may see this spectral activity leave the outskirts of the cities and come into the retail establishments. It's a bizarre theory. It's a bizarre theory, sure. But it's one that I think we should think of because there is just so much raw emotional energy and true life trauma, true crime deaths and murders and shootings and kidnappings mixed with Every minute of every day, raw emotional energy that these spirits can pull off of to manifest themselves. When you have these two factors colliding into each other, when you have these things combined, strong emotions, both positive and negative, and these retail establishments are the sites of people dying. You do have the true crime. You do have the murders, the kidnappings, the sexual assaults. All of that happening in the parking lot, around the store, and sometimes even in the store, right? And then you have customers dying. I know at the local Walmart here in Hood River, it's more than one customer has died in the store or had a massive health problem and had seizures in the middle of the store. These things happen because so many people are going to them constantly. They are like the town square. So people are dying there. And they're able to gather all of this emotional energy. It's just sitting there waiting to be used. It's insane. And I think that over time, these big box stores will become the haunted hotspots. And they're not as creepy. They're not as creepy as the graveyard or the abandoned house. But those places, the emotional energy is diminishing over time. The last person who was buried in that graveyard was 100 years ago. Families aren't even visiting anymore. And the problem with this is, is on the one hand, it's if you have a ghost hunting television show, it's way better to, on, on for camera especially, to go to the spooky asylum, walk around looking for a ghost. But from what we know of ghosts, the energy does dissipate over time. These retail stores, these big box stores are having more and more people recharge the energy because they're there all the time, employees and customers, and more people are dying in them. I know that's not a super common thing, but unlike the spooky house on the edge of town, these stores are constantly being replenished. So while it may not be as cinematic as going to an old-timey asylum to look for ghosts, These may, big box stores, Kmarts and Walmarts and Targets and all of these places may become the haunted graveyards of the future. These may be the places where there is more haunting activity, more poltergeist activity, more spectral manifestations than anywhere else. Because it is constantly being recharged with energy. And here's the thing, we have long been taught to avoid the abandoned house at the edge of the street. Or to stay away from crybaby bridges or the darkened asylum, the lonely cemetery. We've been told to stay away from these places because these spirits may follow us back home. We may be inviting ourselves up to demonic infestation. 
we ourselves may bring a haunting away from these locations back with us. But we can't avoid a good deal. Even if you knew your local Walmart was haunted, it still has the best price on Dorito chips. You can always get a six-pack of Coca-Cola to go with them. We've long been warned of messing with the supernatural and going to their turf. But if the newest places where these spirits can manifest far easier, because they're feeding off of all of that energy that's constantly flowing into the store, and the next time you go shopping at your favorite big box retailer, you may be bringing home more than a bargain. You may be bringing home the ghost of an old lady who died of a heart attack in the fabrics and crafts section. Have fun installing your flat screen television and right before you turn it on, you see an old woman banging from the inside. I'm going to get you in your sleep. You're like, wow, this is a really cool demo. It looks so lifelike. Hey, honey, look at this. Come check this out. I'm under, you're adjusting the color volume. She's turning purple. She's like, I, I'm, I'm even madder now. Who knows, right? You don't go to the spooky graveyard because you don't want to invite a demon home with you. But if the spirits are at the places where we shop, you may have no choice. Every time you go to a big box store, you may be bringing home a spirit. Okay, maybe not every time. You're like, there's like 50 ghosts in your house. You're like, oh man, why do I keep shopping there? There's like phantom children running around and there's like a phantom school teacher. And the old lady's still trapped in your television set. You're trying to play video games. She's all making her guy do crazy moves. She's like, how do these video games work? Oh, my kids, they always waste time. She keeps shutting it off. She keeps shutting off the television. You're like, ah. You're pulling your hair out. Oh, why do I keep shopping there? You're like, ah. Because the deals are so good. I don't know. It's just a theory. So maybe not every time. Maybe, maybe, honestly, maybe not any time. It's just a theory. But I do find it super interesting. I do find it a super interesting one. DeadRabbitRadio at gmail.com is going to be our email address. You can also hit us up at facebook.com slash DeadRabbitRadio. TikTok is at DeadRabbitRadio. DeadRabbitRadio is the daily paranormal conspiracy and true crime podcast. You don't have to listen to it every day, but I'm glad you listened to it today. Have a great one. credit card rewards. Greedy corporate mega stores, led by Walmart and Target are pushing for a law in Congress to take away your hard-earned cash back and travel points to line their pockets. The Durbin Marshall credit card bill would enact harmful credit card routing mandates that would end credit card rewards as we know it. If you love your credit card rewards, tell your lawmakers, hands off my rewards. Tell them to oppose the Durbin Marshall credit card bill.